So it surprised a lot of viewers back then because she had just won the Oscar for Best Actress. And now she's starring in this, you know, internalized fat phobic movie, which claims to have a nice message at the end. But it like at the end of the day, it just further feeds into the media's hatred for people who aren't under 150 pounds. Hey, loves, welcome to an episode of Sit Like a Lady podcast with me, your host, Camilla. And I'm back, bitches. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Sit Like a Lady with me, your host, Camilla, as you heard in the intro. You guys, you guys, you guys, you guys, I have, I, it has, am I okay? It has been a hot minute since I sat down and since I recorded and since I've talked to you guys and since I've spoken into this mic. So yeah, I think it's been like three weeks. It has been insane, but let me tell you guys what went down, what's been happening, why I went missing, why I disappeared off the face of the earth. Basically, um, my parents are insane, but my house has been under renovations again for the past three weeks, which is why I haven't been able to release any episodes because it was just constant drilling and hammering and saws. And it's like, you know, when you're under renovation, I was literally living in a construction site. I was living on site. That's how it felt. And I work full time. So I work five days a week. And by the time I get home, I'm exhausted and I don't have enough energy to sit down and and record an episode. So I saved the recording for the weekends. And it's just been nonstop renovations and construction all weekend for the past three weekends. So take a shot every time I say weekend. What the fuck? Um, By the weekend's new album. But yeah, so that's what's been going on. And every time I tried to like, I would try to sneak in and record in the mornings. Nope. They would show up right at 8 a.m. to start the renovations. And then I'm like, okay, I'll do it in the evening. And then nope, it was just a late shift. And it was, it was just all day long. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait it out. I'm just going to start writing a few episodes, just do some ideas. And then until the renovations stop, I can finally start recording again. So finally, today was the last day of renovations and I was so happy. And I'm just recording this episode and I'm so excited to get back into it again. So hopefully after this one, it will just be regular Monday episodes as per usual. Fingers crossed that my parents don't turn into another property brother and start, you know, renovating something else. I don't know what else could be renovated. We're good. We're done. So that's exactly what's been happening. Uh, Let me see here. Let's, should I jump right into, well, I have no autocorrect because I cannot remember for the life of me what the last episode was about. I can easily search it up, but I am lazy. I am lazy. It is my flaw. I'm lazy. So let's just pretend the last episode was flawless and I have nothing to correct. I'll probably listen to it back again this week, see if there's anything that I catch. And if there is an autocorrect, I will let you guys know for the next episode but moving on let's do catch up so i had told you guys that it's been just crazy insane renovations today was finally the last day so i can get back on track with my back on track with my life like hello everything was put on pause um but let me see uh, obviously 
Um, I don't know if you guys know, I hope you do, that I am from Ontario. I live kind of near Toronto and COVID is out of control right now. So if you're from this area, stay safe, stay home. Um, there are a lot of restrictions. So, you know, it's so annoying, but just follow the restrictions. Like, ugh, let's just get the fuck out of this. I'm so tired of this. I just want to go back to drinking tequila shots off a stranger's neck. And then having weird phone numbers written on my arm the next morning. That's all I want, okay? That is all I want. I want to wake up with a random bruise on my leg and have to text my friend and say, what happened last night? And then my friend, you know, sends me a video of me just standing on a table at a bar, slipping on a napkin, falling face first. And that's how I got the bruise. So that's what I want. I want to go back to that life. I want to go back to my life. So everybody just follow the fucking restrictions. And everybody get vaccinated. Please stop being stupid. Shut up. Okay? Oof. Anyways, moving on. Uh, what have I been doing? I've been binge watching a lot of shows. I binge watched Love Island season four. And there was a Scottish girl on that show that season. And the way I cannot stop speaking in a cottage cottage in a Scottish accent to my friends and my family, they are sick and tired of me. But but I can't help it if it's in my blood, so <laughs> that was such a bad accent. Oh my god, I'm embarrassed. Whatever. Um, let's see. I've been watching a lot of YouTube. I really like commentary videos. I've been getting really into that, like movie and show reviews. That is my favorite type of YouTube video. It's my favorite type of commentary. So if anybody has a YouTuber that they recommend that does like movie, TV commentary, or um pop culture commentary, like not like tea, not, not like spilling tea because I don't really care, but like it's mostly about like, you know, moments in pop culture that were revolutionary and they do like commentary on that. I really love that. So if you have any recommendations, please send them my way. I cannot like I can't stop watching YouTube. It's so addicting. I feel like I've seen every video on there, but obviously not. But anyways, um, okay, so last night, we're going to just dive right into the video because this one's a bit of a lengthy one. But okay, last night I was, you know, drinking wine as I usually do. And I'm like, okay, I want to watch, um, I was in that headspace where I'm like, okay, I want to watch an early 2000s cheesy romantic comedy that I haven't seen before. And um, I was on Netflix and I've seen all those on Netflix and then I went on Prime and there's nothing on Prime. <laughs> and so I go on Disney Plus, which is my next option. And I end up kind of stumbling upon a movie that I haven't seen before um, called Shallow Hal from 2001 with Jack Black and Gwyneth Paltrow. And let me tell you, let me tell you what a mess from start to finish was that movie so I sat down I played it I'm like let's watch let's watch this it, it kind of seems up my alley I love early cheesy 2000s romantic comedies that are just like super cheesy I love that that's literally mm, that, that gets me going okay that's my fuel that's what I love it's addicting so this was not what I thought it was going to be. And let's just let's just get into it. Um, firstly, with a disclaimer. Um, so quick disclaimer. Today's episode is all about beauty being subjective. And we will discuss the question of is beauty really in the eye of the beholder or not? Please remember that a lot of the topics being discussed today are my personal thoughts and opinions, also based on a bunch of articles that I have found. So take it all with a grain of salt. I will also be slightly touching on weight and body issues. So be aware of that in case you are easily triggered. I will be discussing overweight bodies, slim bodies, not in any negative light, but if just hearing the topic kind of 
triggers you or puts you in a negative mental state, definitely be aware of that. So let's get into it. (laughs) So for those of you, you know what? I kind of want to start the episode. I wasn't going to do a summary, but I feel like it's important to kind of get the whole idea. So for those of you who haven't seen Shallow How, perhaps don't waste an hour and 40 minutes of your time. I'm here to save you. I'm here to tell you because it's not worth the watch, baby. Mm -mm -mm. It's not worth the watch. Maybe if you're going to watch it in like, I don't know, if you're like, high or something with your friends and you just want something stupid to watch to make fun of that you can talk through this is the movie for you if you're sitting down alone hoping to enjoy your saturday night with a nice film this is not the movie for you so let's start shallow hal um is a 2001 romantic comedy film starting starting starring jack black and gwyneth paltrow the movie came out okay this is what was interesting the movie came out two years after gwyneth's oscar winning role for Shakespeare in Love, which we all know, we all know the drama on that one, baby, with Miss Winona Ryder. And if you don't know the drama on Shakespeare in Love, the feud between Gwyneth Paltrow and Winona Ryder, please look it up. Please Google it. It is so insane and entertaining because honestly, the celebrities do not fight like they used to. Mm-mm. 2001, the feuds that arose from that era. Let's see. What did we have? We had um, Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton. Lindsay Lohan and Hilary Duff. We had um, Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. We had, who else? Gwyneth and Winona. You know, it's just like, this. they don't fight like they used to, okay? So for this one, I am... <clears throat> cough team Winona cough so anyways so this movie Shallow House starring Gwyneth Paltrow came out in 2001 her she won the Oscar for Shakespeare in Love in like 1999 or 1998 I do not remember so it surprised a lot of viewers back then because she had just won the Oscar for Best Actress and now she's starring in this you know internalized fat phobic movie which claims to have a nice message at the end but it like at the end of the day, it just further feeds into the media's hatred for people who aren't under 150 pounds. It's the reality of the movie. Um, like it's pretty, it's pretty simple, but here's a super quick recap. The movie follows the main protagonist, which is Hal played by Jack Black. And he's like a super, a very superficial man who only wants to date attractive women. Um, in the beginning of the movie, like near the beginning of the movie, he gets stuck in an elevator with a hypnotist. I know, I know, I know, but stay with me. Um, I'm going somewhere with this, okay? Um, The hypnotist asks him, um, hey, Hal, what's your ideal woman? And he says the most insane thing. And when I heard it, I had to replay this back three times because I'm like, what the fuck is he saying? And I'm like, this is insane because when I was in college, I was surrounded by a lot of guys because um, I was in a business marketing program and it was, I don't know, the business programs are mostly male dominated at least for the school that I went to there wasn't a lot of girls so I was always surrounded by guys for four years of college so near like the end like fourth year they just spoke as if I wasn't in the room the most misogynistic things you would ever hear in your life but regardless they would ask themselves this question like yo build your perfect woman and they would say shit like this so it's not as ridiculous as the movie tried to make it seem because the movie was trying to make it seem like oh my god this guy has the most unrealistic standards like he's never gonna find this woman like this is all made up in his head blah 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 but 
the reality of the situation is, baby, a lot of guys have this mentality. So I'm going to read the line word for word on what Hal said would be his perfect woman. Here we go. Okay. Quote, well, the face of Paulina Proskova, but with better headlights. You know how hers have kind of dimmed lately? Haiti Klum's beams would do. Oh, and her teeth. Or, oh, oh, that Britney Spears girl. She's got great knockers, but she's a tad muscular. Uh, you know what? Actually, her ass would do too if she had better grill, like uh, Michelle Pfeiffer back when she did Grease 2, but she would have to be a little slimmer than Michelle, kind of like Rebecca Roman Stamos before she got Stamos, but not as skinny. Someone a little meatier, like Haiti, but without the accent. You know those accents? Yeah, 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 yeah. They get old so fast. You know what I mean? Someone like that. End quote. What the fuck? What the fuck was that? And let me tell you, this is literally how men speak. They'll be like, oh, my perfect girl would have, you know, um, Nicki Minaj's boobs, but with Kim Kardashian's ass. Um, but, you know, Kylie Jenner's face and like it's they just always uh, men are just gross. Like they always have a stupid opinion on everything. Anyways, anyways, let's get back to this. I'm getting heated. So that was supposed to be funny and like super unrealistic. But this is like, I'm telling you, this is truly how men describe their perfect woman, someone who does not exist. And I found that line insane because it's just so true. I feel like if you ask a guy to build his perfect woman, he's going to say some dumbass shit like that. So after this hip, after this hypnotist puts Hal under a spell, um, he said that he will see people for their inner beauty. So for example, if somebody's a good person, he sees them as like this gorgeous model, like amazing. Um, but if someone's ugly on the inside, then they will be ugly to him. So it's kind of like their beauty inside is reflected outside. So that's how Hal sees people moving forward. After the spell, he meets Gwyneth Paltrow's character named Rosemary, and he falls in love with her because she's the most gorgeous woman he's ever seen. Plus, she has an incredible personality that completely matches his. Throughout the movie, you kind of see how it could become... As, as he falls in love, he becomes less superficial. So at the beginning of the movie... Um, like if he's describing a woman, he'd be like, oh, she's got great knockers and blah, blah, blah. But near the end of the movie, when he's describing this Rosemary person, even though he sees her as gorgeous and beautiful and she has this, all these amazing, incredible features, when asked what he likes about her, he says, oh, she's so funny. Like she has an incredible personality. She's so down to earth. Like she really gets me. So he kind of becomes less superficial as the movie goes on. Um, let's see here. Little does he know, Rosemary is actually many, many, many pounds heavier than how he sees her. Um, she is seen as obese and throughout the movie, she's ridiculed by a lot of people. So for example, they'll be in restaurants and the chair breaks and how super confused. Cause he's like, what the fuck? What kind of cheap material is this? Because he sees her as this very skinny size two gorgeous girl, but everybody in the restaurant is seeing her as this overweight woman. Um, and in the restaurant, she orders like a bunch of food and how kind of jokes and goes like, I don't know where she puts it like blah, blah, blah. And then the waiter is giving this awful, dirty judgmental look. And it's like, the whole movie it's just like it's so sad it's so uncomfortable like yeah we're seeing Gwyneth Paltrow as this really skinny gorgeous girl but it's like the way that people are reacting towards her and the way she speaks is like 
it just makes you really sad because, you know, she's a bigger girl in real life and he's not seeing her this way. He's seeing her for the way she is underneath, but the way people are treating her is still disgusting and hard to watch. Like nobody should be treated like that regardless of their size, you know? Anyways, um, his friend then kind of snaps him out of the spell. And when he leaves the hypnosis, he sees Rosemary for who she truly is. And he doesn't care about her appearance. He says he loves her regardless and they live happily ever after the end that's the whole movie um so the movie itself was sort of like i don't know it was sort of entertaining like i ended up finishing it sometimes if a movie's not even good i won't even finish it because what's the point of wasting my time time is money baby okay my time is valuable so the movie itself was kind of entertaining it currently has um let me see what I wrote it down. 5.9 out of 10 on IMBD and a 49% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is generous if you ask me. Maybe in the early 2000s, um, a movie like this was, was more bearable to watch, but it did not age well. You know, watching it back in the year 2021, 20 years later since it came out, it was just, it infuriated me. I was constantly rolling my eyes. I just thought it was a, it was a such, such, what the fuck is wrong? I thought it was a, I thought it was such a superficial plot. What is wrong with me? Oh my gosh. I should not have taken those two vodka shots before recording because clearly i'm losing my mind anyways um okay so now that you guys know the plot of the movie and i kind of broken it down for you let's get into everything that's wrong with this movie and why it's an issue so after i finished watching the movie i was shook dumbfounded i was literally just sitting there in silence in my room in the dark listening to the credits roll and i'm like what the fuck did i just watch and then I was like, hey, let me Google this. I need to see if more people think that this is the train wreck that I see it as. So I started Googling and I ran into a bunch of articles and <clears throat> I started reading a bunch. And through the years since the movie came out, it's actually been heavily criticized. A lot of people call it extremely offensive and fat phobic, which is true. Like what I, what I was describing to you guys earlier, it's like, okay, Jack Black sees this girl as completely gorgeous and just a drop dead beautiful model. And the rest of the world is like, no, she's so ugly, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, not really, because when they reveal how she looks like at the end, it's just Gwyneth Paltrow's face, but with a bigger body. So I'm like, okay, so she wasn't actually ugly. She was just bigger. So why in this movie does like bigger in size equate to ugliness? I just thought that was so ridiculous. Like there were some scenes in the movie where um, it showed a girl with like a really big nose and a unibrow and braces. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, what is this? Like, how shitty does it feel? Like, what if you had braces and they're seeing braces as ugly? And it's like, how shitty does that feel to see what you look like being displayed as the ugly version or the ugly half? I It's just ridiculous. So it's true. The movie is fat phobic. Um it pretends to have like this deeper meaning saying like, oh, he loves her for who she is and doesn't care about her being obese, blah, 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 blah. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like I said, imagine being the body type that is being made fun of throughout this film. Like, how awful would you feel seeing a reflection of yourself being the butt of the joke the whole entire time? 
And this one guy, um, once they reveal what he really looks like, um, the Jack Black character saw him as like a pretty boy and he always called him pretty boy. And then at the end, when he was out of the spell, he saw that he actually had dandruff and he had a bigger nose and, um, you know, like a gap tooth. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, what if I am over here and I'm watching this movie and I'm just trying to enjoy it and have a good time. And let's say I suffer with dandruff with, with a dry scalp. And then I see that having that will automatically equal as ugly. Like what in the hell? I would literally go up to my room and lock the door and then cry because, and never go outside again because that would make you feel like shit. Like it will make people that are slightly bigger than Miss Size 2 Gwyneth Paltrow feel like shit too because that's the whole movie. The whole movie is just like talking about how like all his friends are going like, what do you see in her? Because they're obviously not under the spell as well. So they're like, what do you see in this girl? Like, she's not really your usual type. Like, she's not someone that you would go for because obviously he was very shallow before. And they're like, what do you see in her? And then he's like, what are you talking about? Like, this is the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. She looks like a girl. This is the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. She looks like a model. Like, what are you saying? And his friend's like, what are you saying? And to me, how is being bigger like uglier like that's not that doesn't make sense to me because once the revelation of like what she actually looked like once she turned around like i said earlier she still had gwyneth paltrow's face she just was wearing a body like a fat suit basically but it's like okay she still has the same face she still has the same complexion she still has the same hair she's still the same height it's just her weight she's still if you called her beautiful before and she said she had a gorgeous face, blah, blah, blah. She still has these same features. So how is she ugly? It just doesn't make sense at all. They're just, it's so fat phobic because it's not like he was imagining this whole completely entirely different person, you know, like let's say in real life, she was a lot shorter than that. And she had brown hair and she didn't have those eyes and she didn't have any of those features. She was just a completely different looking person. And he imagined her as you know, Gwyneth Paltrow, like, let's say he imagined her as that. And she was actually a completely different person. Then you could say, you know what? Yeah, he saw her as beautiful because that was his specific type. That's what he would usually go for, you know, like blonde and tall and all this. And she actually ended up being like a shorter brunette with a different nose and all this stuff and different eyes and different features. But no, baby, it was the same features. It was just like the actress was just wearing a fat suit. So, so fat phobic to me. And actually, I have some tea for you guys. Gwyneth herself actually said that the movie was her least favorite role and it was a disaster. She said this in a recent questionnaire with Netflix on February 2020. I'm going to post this on my Instagram, so go check it out. But basically, the question was like, um, what's your least favorite performance or your least favorite acting performance or something like that? And her friend guessed and he's like, Shallow Hal. And then she kind of like nodded and stuff. And then he's like, yeah, I don't know who let you do that. Like, you know, I, if I was your friend back then, I definitely wouldn't have let you do that. And she's like, oh yeah, this was before your time. Like you see what happens when you're not with me disaster. So she doesn't like the movie either. And that makes sense because Gwyneth Paltrow has been on so many like iconic roles. And then you see shallow Hal. Gwyneth, baby, do not put that one on your resume, okay? We can skip over that one. That one didn't happen. But anyways, all of this brings me to today's topic. And the question is, is beauty really in the eye of the beholder? 
The reason as to how or the way this topic relates back to the movie is because so throughout the movie, while I'm watching it, I'm being fed this idea of, hey, this girl is really pretty and this girl is really ugly. So the movie has a very conventional idea of beauty but then as i'm watching it i'm starting to think like hey what if some people prefer bigger women which a lot of people do it's just a type and then i'm like hey what if people actually want people that have braces like they don't mind it they actually appreciate it and that might not be ideal for somebody else so i wanted to get into the topic of is beauty really in the eye of the beholder or does everybody have you know the same beauty standards which this movie is trying to portray as well so let's get into it so people will usually say that this is a really easy question and that it is obvious that yes beauty is in the eye of the beholder right i don't know about you guys but i'm constantly fighting with my friends on which celebrities or which crushes um are attractive and which aren't uh you know when like you show your friend a picture of the guy you're speaking to and they give you the look you know the look i'm talking about the look and say oh so that's him yeah i i know that feeling a little too well but i'm sure you guys know what i'm talking about as well um i've also done that to like many of my friends i look at the picture and i'm like girl are you are you serious this is this is him this is the boy you've been crying about nonstop for days this him this man this is him this is the reason as to why your therapist hears from you three times a week this is the man. I stay shook because I always think that my friends can do better and they think the same towards me. So I'm always saying, well, like, you know, he's for me. He's not for you. So I don't really care if you think, you know, he's cute or not, which is the attitude we should always have. Right. Because this mentality proves that, yeah, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Right wrong let's look at the opposing side okay so we can't talk about beauty without bringing society into it and as we all know society and the media kind of decides what is beautiful what features are beautiful what aesthetics are pleasing what fashion and style choices are the most appealing um, and the most important of all what body type is the most beautiful the qualifications for beauty under society standards are constantly changing as the years go by. If you've been listening to my podcast from the start, um, in episode four, I talk about episode four, your body's not weird. I went through the different body types that were ideal throughout the ages and it changes every few years. Like it, like a quick example is that um, in the early 2000s, it was all about being very, very slim and having a very tiny butt. And now it's all about having a dumb truck of an ass and huge boobs and a teeny tiny tiny little waist so it all changes depending on what clothing trends are in style too because in the early 2000s it was all about you know low-rise jeans and those very very tiny crop tops and girls girls would literally go out wearing just the bra and the jeans and like that's it if i fucking did that shit now hell no so that was what was popular back then in the 2000s um so the media pushed the very slim figure because that's what's the most flattering to that clothing type. So the media was all like, you know, lose. How did Paris Hilton lose 30 pounds? How did Nicole? Oh my God, another celebrity feud, Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie. How could we forget that? So if you guys remember in the early 2000s, it was all about being very, very slim, very, very skinny, all about diets. It was like, honestly, I think it was the peak of diet culture. So that's just like a quick example, just from the early 2000s and how whatever was in fashion and whatever was popular in the media kind of reflected on what was popular for body types, which is so messed up to me because like bodies are not trends, you know, 
Like, how am I going to be in trend one season and then two years later I'm out of trend and like, I can't, you, you can't keep playing with me like this society, okay? One year we're ugly, one year we're not. Like, make up your fucking mind. What's pretty? What's not? At the end of the day, beauty itself is just an objective standard. Like, the standards we need to meet that are constantly being altered and changed by the media and society. Like, take People's Magazines, for, People's Magazine, for example. Every year they do the most beautiful woman and the sexiest man alive. When I hear those titles, like automatically in my head, I think, okay, this is going to be a scientifically proven title. Like this woman scientifically has the most symmetrical face, thus making her the most beautiful woman, right? That's what, that's what I think. But no, 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 it is not that. It is just Jennifer Aniston for the seventh year in a row and Blake Shelton once again. <laughs> but it does, okay, it's not always Jennifer Aniston and Blake Shelton, but it does change. And if you do notice, if you go back from the first magazine to the most recent magazine, you can kind of see that the guys or the women on the cover change depending on what's in fashion in society, as we've proven. Um, I also found an article um, that I will link in the description, but this is a small snippet from it. <clears throat> Quote, Beauty, therefore, is something that exists without your acknowledgement of it. It's not culturally defined. When you hear the old tale that in the 17th century, women were attracted to larger men because they meant that they had status and money. Well, of course, they were attracted to them because as they wanted to eat, not because they found them aesthetically pleasing. Beauty is not some subjective interpretation of societal mores, but a simple biological reality. Today, fortunately, women can provide for themselves and do not need to rely on those men of property, end quote. So basically, it's saying that in the 17th century, being big and tall was in fashion or in style at that time, because when you had that certain body type, it meant that you had status and you had money and, you know, women were attracted to that, not because they liked the look of it, not because they found it, you know, pleasing to their eye. It was because they connected that body type with that status so immediately their brain was like okay he has that so he is attractive to you but it wasn't because of their actual physical features it was just because of the title and the money that they could have had so it just kind of proves that society tells you what's beautiful and people follow along um however however I did not stop there. I decided to dig a little deeper and I found an article on sciencedaily.com and they go into how some aspects of attractiveness are universal, which can even be coded into our genes. Okay. So for example, by genetics, just by human nature, symmetrical faces are seen as more attractive to a lot of people. However, however, it is proven that in fact, people do have different types, which is I think that's a given. You know, if you even have more than five friends and you discuss which celebrities you think are attractive, you're going to realize that immediately. Throughout the line, it's going to start with, you know, Timothy Chamelet, and then someone else is going to say, oh, you know, I really like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Someone else is going to say Danny DeVito. Someone else is going to say <laughs> Danny DeVito. Someone else is going to say, um, I don't know, Ed Sheeran. So, you can figure that out. People have different types. I think that's actually a fact. Thank you very much, sciencedaily.com. However, what I found very interesting is that scientists actually ran an experiment with a lot of people, including like identical twins and people that were raised in the same household. Um, and they tested their 
facial preferences. Oh, by the way, the lick, uh, the lick, the link to the experiment is listed in the description if anybody is interested in reading more about it, which I suggest you do because it's actually really interesting. So basically a quick summary is that they discovered that the origin of the eye of the beholder, um, which is, you know, everybody's own unique preferences is mostly based on your experiences that you live throughout your life, not your actual genes that you're born with, which kind of makes sense because if you have a sister, it's most likely that you guys have different types in you know, partners, like it's not going to be the exact same. So just because you were born from both your mom and your dad, it doesn't mean yet that you're going to have to, you know, grow up and like the same type of person or have the same ideas of attractiveness, you know? So it didn't matter that these people grew up with the same family in the same environment. It only mattered their individual experiences that they had through life, like experiences with friends or any other, you know, unique life experiences that only you have. So, which is really interesting because it doesn't matter what, where you came from. It doesn't matter where you came from, who you grew up with, what your environment was, what builds, you know, that own personal idea of attractiveness is so specific to their own experiences. So like, for example, I already know when I started reading this, I already knew where this came from. When I was little, I don't know why. I think it's because we had Titanic on DVD and like that was one of the very few dvds that we had so i always watched titanic growing up i always watched it and i loved jack i loved leonardo dicaprio i loved jack i thought his character was so cute with you know the blonde hair and the blue eyes and i was just obsessed and then after i became obsessed with jesse mccartney which if you guys compare jesse mccartney and leonardo dicaprio when they were young they both look very very similar so i was obsessed with that and now I'm 24, almost 24, and that is still my exact type. <laughs> Literally is still my exact type. And that's because that's what I grew up on. Those are my experiences. And my first crush in kindergarten, his name was Ethan. I still remember this so specifically. He looked, you know, just like them blonde hair, blue eyes, that same skin tone, all that shit. So that is where, that is the origin. That is my villain origin story. And that is how I developed my type. So yeah, basically the article kind of ends on saying that every person is very unique and they all have their own unique type, which is kind of like their own version of beauty and what they personally find appealing, which develops through life experiences and not through, you know, how you were raised or your genes or whatever, which I thought was very, very interesting. But it kind of also proves the other side of the argument that if you're growing up with the media showing you an attractive, this is what an attractive guy looks like, this is what a beautiful girl looks like, then that's what you're going to believe. Like like with me, with Jack and Jesse McCartney and Ethan, that's what I think is hot. But obviously my type developed further into the future and I was able to, you know, expand my horizon as you should all do. But yes, at the end of the day, beauty is, I think, I think beauty is in fact in the eye of the beholder. I really do. If you sit around your friends and you discuss your types, you're going to realize that immediately. Someone that is attractive to me might not be attractive to someone else. I do personally, this is my opinions, by the way, I do personally think that society and media play a very large role in this because if you're being told that someone's attractive, then you're going to see them as attractive. But I think when it comes to face-to-face interactions and developing relationships and being with a boyfriend or a potential girlfriend or any type of partner in the future, I think that 
how you see them and their personality and their inner beauty are what's really going to make it count. It doesn't matter if, you know, People Magazine doesn't think this person is the sexiest man alive. If you do, that's all that matters. So yeah, I do think that beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I think that's the kind of the whole message that the movie was trying to portray, but surely it fell short at the end of the day. I guess moral of the story or, you know, advice of the week would be like, don't really let media or anything like that kind of push your idea of beauty. Embrace what you like because it's been developed through all your personal experiences. I also think that movies need to stop being this weird and this gross. Like they could have portrayed this message very easily without having to do all the insulting fat phobic jokes and just being really nasty and stuff. So advice of the week is kind of like don't watch shitty movies, okay? Let me watch them for you. And I will talk about it on this podcast. But that's pretty much it for this episode, guys. Um, if you enjoyed today's episode, please let me know by leaving me a review on iTunes. It's on the pod Apple Podcast app. Search up Sit Like a Lady. You will see my legs. Click on those. Give me five stars. And let me know what you like about the podcast. Let me know what you dislike about the podcast. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter. The handle is at Sit Like a Lady underscore. And if you don't have Twitter for whatever reason, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm more active on there anyways. The handle is at sit like a lady podcast. That's sit like a lady podcast. Lastly, you can send me an email. If you have an experience you want to share with me or any questions, it can be totally anonymous. I can read it and answer it on the podcast or even answer it privately. Send, it, send me an email to sit like a lady podcast at gmail.com. That's sit like a lady podcast at gmail.com. Send me your thoughts, your questions, confessions, funny stories, your grocery list, or the tweets you have in your drafts. I don't care what it is. I want to hear from you. Anyways, let's see if I even take my own advice. But until then, always remember to keep your mind, heart, and legs open. Bye!